All right, we welcome you back inside the Mullen Center here in Amherst, Massachusetts. Merrimack up on top, 3-0 over UMass. Our second intermission sponsored by Merrimack Grad School. John Leahy here with Chris Aliano, uh, Merrimack Director of Sports Information. And uh, Chris, 40 minutes in, Merrimack with a 3-0 lead. Uh, we know UMass has fallen on hard times, but this has been almost too easy. Hey, you know what? Uh, that is true for UMass's sake, but, but at the same time, I'm going to look back at the first maybe three, four, five minutes of this game where the Minutemen had some chances and Merrimack looked a little slow to start. But you know what? A year ago, maybe UMass scores that goal or two to start the game when Merrimack was on the flat-footed. But this team endured it. And then to their credit, they go back, they get that big first goal to start the game. Obviously, they capitalize on the five-minute major power play. And Jonathan Kovacevic, we know, all of us, how uh, how familiar, the, those familiar with the program, how big getting a third goal is in these games. The, uh, the stats are quite ridiculous in the situational point of view when Merrimack scores three or more goals compared to when they don't. And we also know how much they've struggled on the road uh, in league play and just over all of these last three or four years. So this is big, but it's also 40 minutes. So you got to go home. you got to put this one to bed. you got to pick two, uh, pick up two league points. And for Merrimack, they got to, if you're looking at the league standings, these are the bottom two teams, the ones below you that you want to keep below you. They've got more work to do this weekend as well because it's amazing. As great as this run has been, 3-0 and 2, obviously, the wins against BU and BC, they haven't really gained any ground just because the teams around them have been winning and you know what that's fine it's going to set up a pretty fun final four games here but I, I tip my crap to, I tip my cap to Merrimack for weathering the storm at the beginning and I just think this is a team that just little facet right there they endured and then they scored whereas maybe earlier this season or last year they might have gotten scored on and they might have been buried early I look at that as a huge reason for the success tonight and thought it was great to see and you know you come off a big 6-3 win over Boston College a big win for the program. You hadn't won down there in 20 years. You look at this game against UMass, you think, wow, you know, the quintessential trap game, so to speak. But, you know, if Merrimack in any form took UMass lightly, all you got to do is think back to that game in November. Merrimack lost 3-1. to one. Yeah, and not only that, John, uh, this, before last year, this building has been pretty tough for, uh, for Merrimack, no matter what the situations have been, where Merrimack's been in the standings, where UMass has been in the standings. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but last year's win here early in the season, when UMass was playing pretty well as well, uh, snapped a pretty decent skid of not a lot of success here. So you factor in what happened earlier this year, regardless of where the teams stand now, uh, yeah, that UMass team beat Merrimack. They weathered the storm. Merrimack put something like 40-something shots on, on them that game. Uh, and I think that's in the back of this team's mind. Uh, there wasn't a lot said before the game from the coaching staff because I think they're pretty confident now that not much has to be said. Uh, the, the leadership, and it's a unique leadership group, and then obviously you have a two-time captains all across the board in, in Hampus, Jared, uh, and Mark. Jared being the only uh, solo junior captain, so it's, I guess, on the younger side if you look at a junior solo captain. But, you know, they, they've got it cooking right now, and that's something that we haven't seen. And, you know, maybe the beginning of two years ago when they were 10-5 and five at the break, uh, they had a nice stretch last year when they were 6-3-3, three, and three, I believe, before things kind of went south. They got something cooking right now.
now, and they got it cooking in a part of the season where these last few years they've been struggling. So, you know, don't just ride it. <laughs> but you don't want to tweak anything from a leadership standpoint. Uh, I'm really impressed with what I've been seeing. Chris, let's talk about some of the other things that are going on with Merrimack in the winter season. Why don't we start with the women's hockey team? Of course. Uh, two games to play up at Vermont. Uh, they are one point back in the standings, obviously. And if they make the playoffs, 8 out of 9 making women's hockey East, that'll be history within itself. It's already been a historic year from the number of uh, just the wins improvement, all the accolades, both individual and team-wide. But, you know, this team this team wants to make it, and they know they squandered a chance on Sunday. They blew a three-goal lead, wound up losing to Providence. On the flip side, though, Vermont's a team that they haven't lost to in two years, and I know that going up to Burlington is, is a tough thing to do in theory. They've got a pretty decent team up there as well. But they need, in theory, just one point if Maine were to lose at BU on Sunday. So it's going to be interesting. They're not going to know their fate uh, unless they uh, went and picked up four points, uh, or even three points, I believe, off the top of my head. They're not going to know their fate very likely until Sunday. So we've got them, and then obviously we've got both basketball teams, John. I'll just you know segue right into them. It's been a, it's been a great winter for both of them. You know, we, we looked, in theory, at both of them being very young, potentially rebuilding years for both, but they're both very much in the thick of the playoff race. The men's team is having their best year in, in about six or seven years. We should know where they stand from an NCAA tournament standpoint in a couple of days when the regional rankings first come out, which are uh, prognostications of where teams will likely end up in the NCAA tournament. Um, they'll be either second or third in the NE10 tournament, and the women are looking pretty good as well as uh, at least getting a berth in the NE10 tournament. Sitting at five right now, but they got, they're close to some teams that they have tiebreakers against. Uh, so we're looking at two basketball teams that you know we should be seeing playoff runs from, which is, which is awesome. We love to see that. Um, for track and field, I think you alluded to it in one of the readers earlier uh, in this show, but Carly Mascaro and that whole gang, they're uh, getting ready to go this Saturday in the league championships. Just about, I, I believe I can safely say that they set a record this year for most individuals that qualify for the league championships, so they're going to be very well represented. I will venture a guess to say every single event they'll have a Merrimack representative there. But we know who the stars are. On the women's side, it's the relay team and obviously Carly, who should be a favorite in the 400 and the 200. Uh, I'm not sure if she's going to run anything else. Johnny Braga and the heptathlon, you know, he's been a story within himself. Uh in the, on the men's side, and uh, they've got Jawan Hall, a football player who I think is going to win the 60 or the 100. I forget which event it is, but he's a great sprinter. Um, and then the women's swimming. Can't forget them. They are also in the NE10 championships this weekend, four days, uh, Thursday to Sunday. And, you know, for them, they just they keep building. It's uh, I, I tip my cap to Aaron Kamen, give her all the credit in the world. Um, they don't have a home facility. Not at this track, but they, uh, you know, they swim to YMCA down the street, and they're still building they don't have a diving team. And from a dual meet standpoint in swimming, not having a diving team is tough. And even in these conference championships where you might see the final score, the final standings, and they might be towards the bottom because they just they basically have half a field. It's like competing in track without the field aspect of it, which is what we did for a couple of years, um, you know, at the beginning of that program. But, listen, we have a, we have a good vision. You know, we, we love the job she's done. And they're just going to keep getting better and better, slowly but surely. But that's where they are. Uh, it's a busy weekend, and it's an awesome time of the year, not just with the hockey playoffs, with the uh, the rest of our, our uh, obviously, women's teams as well. It's pretty fun. Well, let me uh, look ahead. Before I let you go, let's look ahead to the spring a little bit uh, with baseball and softball. What do we got on the horizon there? We've got men's lacrosse starting this weekend at LU Post. Softball heads down to South Carolina. Uh, you know, both those teams, obviously men's lacrosse with 
some heavy expectations to start the year. Coach Morgan says this could be, and this is saying a lot, could be one of his best teams here in his uh, you know, 9, 10, 11 seasons, whatever it's been. But, you know, that's a team that wants to break through and get, get to the national title game. Softball, they think uh, this could be a pretty good year for them. Pick third in the preseason. Same with baseball. They get underway next week. Uh, they're heading down to Florida, I believe. Then women's across the week after. First-year head coach Julie Duffy. She's already brought in a ton of recruits. There, there's more people on the team that I've seen in my five years at Merrimack. So that program's definitely trending in the right direction as well. Um, it's going to be a fun spring, but I'm really excited to what the next few weeks are going to bring. Um, it's it's going to be a fun few weeks, John. All right, Chris. As always, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for the update. Uh, we'll check online, MerrimackAthletics.com. We'll peek in on how all the teams are doing. And uh, thanks again for spending a few minutes with us. John, uh, I look at you tonight, and you just embody everything that's awesome about you. I know you've been, uh, we've all been kind of battling a lot of elements right now between, uh, you know, injury and illness. But the job you've done tonight, flying solo, thank you for everything you do. Mikey Macknick, we miss you back uh, back at home. I know you can make it. Mike McMahon, he uh, touched base with him. He's a, the flu became pneumonia. So, Mike, big Mike, hope you're feeling well. He says he'll be at the game Friday. And, uh, hey, you know, we're all, we're all warriors, I guess, as corny as it sounds. Uh, we battle through it. But thanks for having me. All right, that's Chris Aliano. He's the Merrimack Sports Information Director. Always a pleasure uh, talking with Chris. We're going to take a timeout. We're going to uh, review our uh, second period, and we're going to get to that uh, right after these words. Our score at the end of two, it's Merrimack three, UMass nothing. We'll take a timeout. You're tuned in to Merrimack Warrior Hockey right here on the new home for Merrimack Men's Hockey, WMCK.